The year is 2023. And the Oscar goes to... Who knows? Amy and I are going to sit down and react to the 2023 Oscar nominations right now. Welcome to Unspooled Special Episode Oscar Reactions. And that <laughs> is all the singing that we are going to do for this show. It's a little mini episode. I'm Paul Shear. I'm joined, as always, by the amazing Amy Nicholson. Uh, Amy Nicholson, who has already submitted some of her choices for the best films of the year because you are part of the LA Critics Society and you've given out uh, some nominations and even some awards. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I had to present best picture to the everything everywhere all at once team. They tied with tar at LAFCA this year. And I have to say they had so many plaques because there's so many people who made that film that when I lifted up all the plaques, they skidded everywhere and cut my knuckles and I looked like a bruiser and I felt so tough. And then in my speech, (laughs) I congratulated them for winning the the 2022 uh, Best Iguana at the Reptile Super Show because I was just going to pretend that we were in a different multiverse altogether. <laughs> and I, a couple people left. I'm not that good at speeches. But we got through it, and uh, the bloody knuckles are a source of pride. Well, I do think that no one was surprised that everything, everywhere, all at once leads this Oscar race with 11 nominations. And because of that movie... It allows A24 to top all other studios with 18 Oscar nominations. I am still bummed that Mia Goth did not get uh, an Oscar nomination for her performance in Pearl. That eight-minute monologue she does. I mean, I put anything up against that. It was really just, honestly, a problem that the Academy has with horror. Because I think the big story has been, nope, being completely shut out. Yeah, I would have definitely thought that Mia Goth deserved at least a real run. I did a Q&A with her for that movie for SAG voters. So I was like, pay attention to this film. I feel like I've been yelling about Mia Goth for so long, for so, 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 so long. And I think finally she's getting like the roles and the performances that are just going to like launch her into that next level. And I'm so excited for her. I don't know when you're going to see uh, a movie that is definitely not an Oscar contender, Infinity Pool by Brendan Cronenberg, David Cronenberg's kid, but she's incredible in that but regardless the everything everywhere all at once-ness of it all doesn't it feel like the oscars are heading in a real direction for once that a film with not just one but two fights involving sex toys can be nominated for best picture i feel like the seeds we have planted are growing yes and no because the two films that have the second most nominations are All Quiet on the Western Front, a film that I've heard no one talk about, but I've heard is fantastic with nine nominations, and The Banshees of Inna Sharon, which I think is fantastic. Uh, After that, it goes down to Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick. Those are all very traditional Oscar nominations. I'm worried that when you see only one, like Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, It might just be a flavor of the month. Not saying that the movie is bad, but the Oscar audience is like, no, no, this is our out-of-the-box one, and then we're going to be right in target with the rest. Because 
truly, I, I'm surprised at some of the, not omissions, but the weird ways where people weren't rewarded. You know, when I'm talking about like Sarah Polly for best director, right? There's only men nominated in that category. She made an amazing film, nominated for best picture, nominated for uh, best screenplay, but doesn't get that director nod. That seems odd to me, right? There are, you know, different choices like The Woman King, which got a lot of attention, but then really failed to make any nominations. Not that I want to focus on what didn't get nominated, but I do think that sometimes it's a placebo effect. It's like, we'll give you one of these so you don't ask us questions about everything else that we really might have missed. Well, okay. I'll agree with you on a few things. I, as a terrible person, would take Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans out of all of these categories. Always going to take, you always are going to do that. (laughs) I mean, come on. All that movie did was say you had, I I mean, come on. All that movie did was say he has about as little life experience as I uh, thought he did from his films. Um, Fine. Only the scenes where he is like, I'm a petty little bitch who holds grudges. I was like, that's cool. I'm into that Steven Spielberg. But I would take him out of Best Director. I mean, the man's been nominated enough, and I would have easily put Sarah Polly in there because Women Talking is amazing. But I got to disagree with you that I think that this is like a list of kind of sleepy, ordinary Best Picture nominees, Fablemans aside. I think Fablemans is like the most traditional. Tar is a really kind of challenging, cerebral, exciting, scary film that's making people angry. Elvis is Elvis wearing black lace shirts. It's sexy. It's hot. It's crazy. It's weird. It's Baz Luhrmann, for Christ's sake. Triangle of Sadness. I don't really love that movie as much as I loved talking about Ruben Oslin with you when we did our episode on Force Majeure. It's a lot of puking. Uh, but Dolly De Leon is really great in the ending. Um, I think these movies are weird. Like To me, the movie that gives me that little ripple of, we have come a long way, is Banshees of Inisherin. Because, okay, let's just jump back in time, okay. right? There is a thing that I find tends to happen to the movie that is my favorite movie of the year, which is it gets nominated for best original screenplay and it loses best original screenplay. And then it is just held in high esteem by people who love cult movies like me and and doesn't really get that acclaim that it feels like it deserves in the moment. Right. That's what happened to in Bruges, you know, in Bruges got its best original screenplay nomination, didn't win. And that was it. And That was the fate that I really was worried was going to happen to something like everything, everywhere, all at once. But things are shifting, man. It got all the nominations. And now Banshees of Inisherin, a film film that I really like a lot, but I will say is like one degree below in Bruges, is up there as a heavy hitter. Like stuff is I will disagree with you on that because I think that you have Martin McDonough, who is a brilliant writer. I love his stuff, but obviously was right up there with three billboards just a little while ago. I think that you can consider this movie a sequel because of the love that people have for In Bruges. Like, so this movie was primed to get into this spot. Like, it has been groomed to be there. The same way- It feels like an apology, I will say, in some way. Not an apology, because the movie holds up on its own. Sure. It feels like I love this movie. And by the way, I I love Tar. I'm one of those people who loves Tar. And when I get into conversations with people who don't like it, I just disengage from it because I'm like, well, we watched something different. I thought it was beautiful. I do think that overall, though, there has been this idea going through all the Oscar films this year of cancel culture. Uh, and what am I doing with my life? There has been a different idea here. Like 
am I in the right spot? Like, have things changed? Have the world passed me by? And I, I think if we're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, that movie is very much, you know, has the world passed me by. And not to say that everything came out, and obviously not, but this, the themes that they were wrestling with across all these movies, you know, Banshees and everything, everywhere, all at once, uh, you know, Elvis, this lost youth, like this idea of like, what could I have done differently um, Fableman seems to <laughs> say, I did everything right. Uh, yeah. And so Go there me. I am. Yeah. Including my fake girlfriend. Uh, but no, I, I thought I was really interested in the films that came out this year. I don't want to like say that there were snubs. I think there were some really great things here. Obviously, the first Asian American actress to be nominated for a lead actress role, right? I mean, this is that's a big step forward. And and we we talked about yeah. Michelle Yeoh and how amazing she is, you know, and going She's back to her fantastic. career. Fantastic. I mean, I'm rooting for her to pick up this award. Even even loving Kate Blanchett and Tar, but Kate Blanchett's been nominated what like five, eight, eight. She's been nominated eight she's times. So good. She's been nominated that. for eight Oscars, and she's won twice two of them. I'm like, I think even Blanchett would be like. Yeah, I can set this one out. Please give this to Michelle Yeoh. She's can, incredible. Can you talk to me a little bit about um, Andrea Riesborough? Uh, she's in this movie, To Leslie, and she was a surprise um, nomination. You know, really, some people say, like, the greatest grassroots campaign in Oscars history because she, you know, is in a movie that grossed $27,000. Um, and... You know, she's had a lot of big supporters from Amy Adams and Kate Winslet. Um, but have you seen this movie? Is this a performance that truly is one to be uh, talking about? I can only talk about it in terms of surprise, which is when you're in, you know, LAFCA and I'm also in Nationals, you're the tip of the spear a lot of the times when it comes to getting Oscar screeners and getting people to be like, you have to see this, you have to see this, you have to see this, you have to see this. We didn't get anything about this movie. Like, I don't have a screener for that. I don't have a screener link. They didn't send one to anybody in the group. Like, they didn't give it an awards push even to the critics, who you would think would be, like, the most receptive of this. Mm. It just came out of nowhere. Like, I hadn't heard of it at all. I bet that it's good. Like, I want to believe that it's good because Andrea Riseborough is amazing. I've really adored her kind of ever since she was in that Madonna movie. Do you remember the movie that Madonna made about Wallace Simpson? No. Where it was like rock and roll Wallace Simpson, you know, the woman who like basically destroyed the British monarchy for like a hot minute as American divorcees are prone to do, it seems, in England. Um, by which I mean actually to say that I'm like very much a team Wallace and honestly team Megan. But yeah, she was really great in that movie. She's kind of great in everything. She's this like shapeshifter actress who you'll see a movie and be like, that unknown actress was great. And then it's always Andrea Riseborough, like every single time, because you just put a new wig on her and you can't recognize her in the slightest. Um, she's a great karaoke singer. I do happen to know that fact about her. So I bet the movie's great. I don't know if I'll ever see it. Like, I don't know if I'll see right. it. I want to see it. Probably won't happen if I'm being very honest with myself. Um, but you, we have an episode coming up on, on Crash and the power of actors to raise awareness for other actors and elevate a movie's presence in the Oscar campaign. And, I would call that a ripple of crash that a bunch of um, actors who can really just stand up and say like, this is the one and convince everybody that it is, you know, and I wouldn't, I just, again, want to point out like a one step forward and a one step back. I think that when you look at the list of films nominated for best films, everything is in there. Obviously Tom Cruise got top gun in there. He wasn't nominated for best actor, which I feel like 
is a bummer only because I do believe he brought movies back. And these movies are very much streaming films. I think it allows them to be movies for everybody. I think that there's more access. You get like things like Coda because of streaming. And I, and I think that that's a great thing. More people have access to these movies. But as we take a step forward and we say, oh my gosh, look at this, all this amazing Asian American representation, we also have to go, well, but at the cost of what? Because it's still very male dominated and not very black dominated. I mean, Halle Berry is the only black woman who's one best actress. Uh, Selma is the only film directed by a black woman to be nominated for best picture. And a black director has never won best director and a black woman has never been nominated. And this is a year where there has been an opportunity. There's been, you know, energy put towards it. Uh, This is all actually pointed out by uh, Robert Daniels here. Uh, I want to give him credit for kind of pointing out these like little things because at the end of the day, the Oscars still look the same. Right. But there are these like little flourishes that make it a little bit more fun. I'm excited. I like a lot of these movies here. Um, I wish Nope would have gotten nominated for something. Um, Nope is really good. Nope is my favorite of his movies. Nope is great. And people really thought that Daniel Deadweiler was going to get to make a bigger push for Till, let alone Viola Davis getting nominated again. But like that, I think the absence of those two performances is a big surprise and honestly, to me, I would have put Kiki Palmer in supporting and nope, I love her in that film. I think she's the best part of that movie. And I think that's a great movie in all in all. Well, now we're going to see how this whole thing will play out. And I think that we have a lot of movies that are talking about, like I said earlier, cancel culture and Hollywood. Um, but more importantly, it is the momentum of can you stop everything everywhere all at once will no, why why should you oh that i'm not no amazing. i'm not saying that you should i'm just saying like <laughs> i mean but like to me if i'm sitting back and watching it i don't expect anything to turn that tide it seems so ahead of the game but there is a part of me that fears deep down that there might be this twist where it's like all quiet on the western front because the older audiences are going to be like well that I am familiar and I like that, but maybe I'm wrong. I just don't have faith yet. I don't See, have faith. I feel like if something was going to come out and take the everything everywhere slot, it would probably be Fableman's or Tar. I think there's still sort of some, oh man, we tried to push Spielberg over the top one last time last year for West Side Story and it didn't work. He's somehow becoming an underdog in a way that I do not understand in the slightest. <laughs> um, that said, to me, that feels like one of the kind of dark horses while also being the biggest horse. It's the biggest and darkest horse. It's such a big dark horse. You can't even see it. It's, it's like, like darkness cl- riding up behind you. I would be afraid to count the Fablemans out. And Tar has been holding its own in every single critics award group. Like Tar is a, is a very big heavy hitter. It's a beautiful movie. I, I think yeah. really well done. And I'm excited. Yeah. I will say this, and I don't want to be like this, the person's like, wah, wah, wah. But I do think that when Oscar nominations come out, the more interesting conversation is, what have we missed? And when the awards go out, was it deserved? Or I'm happy, right? So right now, it's like, I think the nominations are good. I think there were some big misses. Uh, But let's see how these next couple of weeks progress and how tides may keep on coming. Are we going to see Brendan Fraser up there with an Oscar? Are we going to see Michelle Yeoh get an Oscar? Or are we going to see these surprises that like just knock us out like a wave on the beach we don't know you know will we have another crash will we have another moonlight i don't know and i'm excited to see because the thing that i'm most happy about is in a world of streaming a24 
has been making interesting films and they finally got, I think, the credit that they are truly deserved, which is bringing people to the theater, making cool shit with interesting people and getting it out there in a, in a big way. So I'm I'm overall happy. Just a couple of issues. Well, yeah, but let me say this, though, which is I feel very happy about who did make it in the nominations. You know, accepting the question of who didn't. When you look at something like the best actor category, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, Bill Nighy, those are people who have never been nominated before. It is a whole brand new slate of actors. Yes. And I think that is really exciting. And I am so happy that Brian Tyree Henry made it into the best supporting actor race for Causeway. I thought that movie was not great, but I thought he was amazing. And I have just been like rooting for him every single time. I don't know if there is another actor who has that kind of you will care about me-ness that Brian Tyree Henry puts on screen. Even something dumb like Bullet Train, he gets me. I mean, I love him in Atlanta. He's a great actor. He's Uh, amazing. And I have to say... Please, 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 if you have not gone to go see this Brian Terry Henry movie, The Outside Story, it's from 2020. It is hands down one of my favorite movies of that year that nobody saw. It's just a Brian Tyree Henry showcase. This guy, I am obsessed with him. I think he's just so, so, so talented. And I feel like this is one of those things where it's going to turn in his favor. You basically love everybody it, from Atlanta. I mean, just admit it. That's, I do. you know, Lakeith was your I last person. I do love everybody yeah. from Atlanta. Yeah. But I'm uh, also excited that Ki Hui Kwan is probably the lock for Best Supporting Actor. Yep. How you, you couldn't have even told anybody that a year ago. That I, movie hadn't premiered yet at South by Southwest. That I, is great. And I love a movie that premiered at South by being the lead contender yeah. for Oscars. That is How awesome. Nuts is that? Let's commit to doing the Best Picture winner when we find that out. And if it's not everything, everywhere, all at once... We'll also do that one, too. I think we have to talk about it. I really um, do. So there we go. Uh, Calling our shots ahead of time. Amy, what a great way to get into Oscar season. I can't wait to see how this all turns out. Uh, and thank you for listening to this special episode of One Spirit.